0: This in season edition of the Philocrosophy podcast is brought to you by Oxia Time, a cool watch company focused on custom timepieces that commemorate life's greatest achievements. John Canaris is the founder of Oxia Time, and he was the goalie of Penn in the late 80s, who led his team to the Final Four. John is best known for being the goalie that was dunked on by Gary Gate in the Air Gate in that 1988 Final Four game. Oxia makes beautiful Swiss made self winding watches whose design and quality match the essence of the memories they represent. Andy and I can attest to the quality. We each own a Brown University OXIA watch and it's pretty much the nicest thing we own. One of OXIA's specialties is creating timepieces to celebrate storied team or championship victories. Check out the 2021 UVA National Championship watches or the Cornell lacrosse team watches we created last year. You should really see the University of Georgia football team national championship watches or the Deerfield Academy lacrosse team watch to commemorate their national championship in 2021. New for this season, OXIA is creating all American watches to celebrate the student athletes that earned this incredible achievement. They've designed unique timepieces for high school boys and girls and college men and women. If you want a custom watch to commemorate life's greatest accomplishments, Check them out at oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A time.com. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the playoff edition of the in-season podcast with PLL Chaos head coach Andy Towers. Uh, fired up to be here. Exciting times in the lacrosse world. Um, what's going on, AT? How you doing? I'm
1: above average still. I was a little bummed
0: out with Brown losing
1: in the semis of the Ivy tournament. Um, but very happy that they have a home seed fittingly against Lars Tiffany and the Virginia Cavaliers in Providence on Saturday night. So um, all in all, it's a win. When when Brown was 0-2 in the Ivy League, if you were going to tell me that Brown was going to be playing at home in the NCAA tournament versus the two-time defending national champion and alum uh, and one of the best coaches in the country in Lars Tiffany, I would have uh, – I would have taken that in a heartbeat. So I'm gonna see the big picture and say I'm I'm doing way above average.
0: Did you go up to the game? I did. And how was the tailgate?
1: Above average. It was really one side. Was well, it well
0: above average? It was
1: it was it was one sided, all in the favor of uh, David Evans and Brian McNally and Joe Mako and Jeff Ierson. Uh we saw Billy Green, saw uh, Jamie Worrell. Saw yes. gags.
0: Did, see, did Tommy go?
1: Tommy went. Yep. Todd Francis flew up from Florida as a Cornell grad. Uh, they obviously played the first game against Yale. Yeah. And um, it was uh, it wasn't a huge crowd, and it wasn't a uh, hugely attended tailgate. Um, but those that were there had a lot of heart. <laughs> uh, Larkin Kemp. <laughs> so Larkin Marky Temple was was there, uh, Will Swendell, uh, Caputo. It, it was it was it, not Rich Caputo, uh, Brendan Caputo. Uh, it was it was it was good. It was good to see a lot of people that I hadn't seen in a long time, and um, nobody seems to have lost a step yet. And in fact, a few of few have gained a step.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Um, it was it like old school Brown where like people like held up signs that said like this player plus NCA drug testing means no NCAAs. Do you remember that? Oh, at, at, oh, of course I do. And
1: I knew both sides of that banner. Um, <laughs> that was like
0: the cruelest thing you could ever do. Well, I mean, the poor guys, was, pay, his parents were there.
1: I mean, listen, that was a little, a little bit like the 70s when if you drank and drove and drove into a telephone pole and you were okay, the cop would come out and be like, wow, that was close, get home
0: safely. <laughs> no, seriously for the for the listeners here there was actually signs that said this player plus ncaa drug testing means no playoffs and i was like oh my god that is not great
1: that's not okay that's not okay
0: no no uh 30 years later it's amusing very amusing yeah that's was right. the bomb yeah. there the bomb was not
1: there i thought he may surface but he didn't show um which was a little disappointing, but I'm sure he was somewhere matching feet and spirit.
0: Are you uh, Are you going to go up to the uh, first round game, Saturday night game?
1: I don't believe so. James Towers has a, uh, a game uh, that afternoon at 3 p.m. And I would much rather watch James Towers' game in person and watch the playoff games on TV.
0: Yeah, got you. Um, cool. So, all right. Um, well, let's talk about let's talk about the weekend before we dive into all the matchups. I mean, um, I thought I thought Penn looked really good. Um, obviously, Yale looked sharp as, uh, against Cornell, and Penn looked great against Brown. And then Penn absolutely just hammered Yale in the end. What, what's your take on how these teams are playing, and what's your take moving forward? Because I think Penn might have suffered a couple of injuries.
1: Yeah, I, listen, uh, you know, at the beginning of the year. I think we all felt that Yale and Penn were probably ahead of the pack. And, and then I would have considered, uh, you know, Cornell um, and Princeton and Brown and Harvard and Dartmouth in that order. Yep. And so based on the emergence of some teams, obviously Princeton, I think exceeded expectations with their regular season. I think Brown did as well. I think Cornell was about par, and I think that Yale and Penn, um, you know, had below expectation regular seasons, and so the seating spit out, uh, you know, the way that it did with Brown at the one and Cornell at the two and Yale at the three and Penn at the four, um, you know. But when it really mattered most, Yale and Penn played their best, and and I will be the first one to say that. Um, you know, I think that Matt roundup Branda, Matt Brandau, uh you know, got screwed out of the Ivy League Player of the Year. However, however, um, Sam Hanley—he's
0: the this best player weekend, in the league right now.
1: <laughs> left no doubt yeah. that um, he's the best player in the league, yeah, and and uh, he might be the best player in the country. Yeah, you know, he might be. Uh, you know, and and. The way that he looked going three and four, I think he was three and four against Brown. And I don't know what he was yesterday, but he was just on a different level, you know, from an three athletic. Three two or
0: two and three yesterday. So he had 12 points on the weekend of the midfield.
1: Yeah. You know, he he
0: he's and like he better level. than his points, though. I mean, I feel like he didn't turn it over much. He was just so physically dominant, it, you know, it was so impressive. And you know, the thing about that kid too, is that he is so smart. I mean, yeah, he can come at you with a head of steam and yeah, he's a lot bigger than you, but he also, and he's so two-handed, but he also is so deceptive. Like that guy is so smart with the way he pumps passes to hold slides, to move skip angles, to get people to overplay him. I mean, he's just, he's, it's cause he's a hoop player. And he's so good at basically, you know, essentially selling his pull-up to step right by you. He's really, really good, man, at at everything. It's phenomenal.
1: Yeah, I I think that, um, you know, his athleticism reminds you of Max Sebald. He's like that, you know. He's either bigger, stronger, quicker, faster. Slicker. Or all of them. He's all of them. Than you or than anybody else. And Yale has phenomenal defenders, and they look like little kids um you know it really looked like sam hamley was was playing for the fathers in yeah, the father son game out
0: there
1: yeah he really resembled somebody's father out there it's um, kind of like when
0: you had the mvp in the uh, in, in life the youth you know fathers versus kids game
1: yeah I mean, this, it was a lot like that um and listen he's he's a great passer he's yeah. he's he can do it all you know he he can he can beat you either way he could beat you either way and score uh on the run he can beat you either way and feed on the run he can beat you either way um roll back and score and feed he can shoot with time and space the thing that i saw out of him this weekend that that i hadn't really seen uh a ton of was just his fucking passion and competitive spirit you know that's that to me This weekend, you know, when when Penn started to separate from Yale in the championship, you really started to see his swagger and his confidence. And he realized that he was the barn boss on the field. And he really started to play like that. And he's got great pieces around him. Um, You know, but, but when the biggest, baddest dude in the room has the biggest, baddest attitude, and has seemingly a complete skill set and also uh, an elite IQ. This is a team that you know could win the whole thing. They they could, you know, you you sort of you sort of look back and you're like, all right, who are the players that have played like that? And Max Siebold has won. But I, I kept coming back to sort of like John Reese in the way that he was. You know, sort of superhuman his senior year at Yale when they went to the Final Four and they had great pieces around him and all that sort of stuff. But Sam Hanley's a much better lacrosse player than John Reese was. Yeah.
0: You know, I don't One think of the Hanley, comparison is.
1: I, I don't think Sam Hanley is a better competitor or tougher or grittier than John Reese. Frankly, I don't think any lacrosse player in the history of, you know. Ivy League lacrosse is, are, are any of those things more than John Reese? He's, he's at the very top of it all, but Sam Hanley is a, is a better lacrosse player than John Reese was in terms of his ability to do everything really, really well at an elite level. No doubt. And, uh, and, and to me that was the difference in the game on Friday. That was the difference in the game yesterday. Um, and Dan Chiamati and their staff are going to have their hands full against you pen this weekend. You, you you watch that performance, Jamie, and you gotta win faceoffs because if Sam Hanley attacks the field on every shift during the game, and he has the ball enough, you're not gonna stop him. Like you're not gonna stop him. There's there's, it's just not gonna happen. And and the problem is you can't stop him, and you can't stop their offense because he's gonna kill you as a feeder. He's gonna kill you as a goal scorer, and he's disciplined enough. That if you slide to him and you play it perfectly off ball, he's disciplined enough to hit the outlet. And that's not something that I saw out of him yeah. down the last, you know, five weeks of the regular season. He, he didn't have a great regular season, Yeah, but no, he, was, totally he was, but he was fucking great this weekend.
0: Yeah, he was. Yeah. I think the comparison, honestly, AT, I think the biggest comparison that uh, I was talking to Jimmy Mack yesterday and he was like, yeah, Hanley's just like towers. And uh, I think it's a pretty good, uh, pretty good comparison there. I, I listen,
1: that's obviously a huge compliment. Um, I, I think we play similar games for sure, but, but that kid is faster than I was. Um, he's bigger than I was, you know, he's six five two thirty. 30. I was six four one ninety five. 195 I, I think I'm quicker than he was. I certainly could face off, which he doesn't do. Um, you know, but, but just from a, from a, can kill you as a playmaker, can kill you as a goal scorer. I mean, I'm certainly complimented by that comparison. Um, uh, I, I, think he's, I think he's more physically dominant than I was as an athlete.
0: So what Ritzman can bring it, it's going to be really interesting. And First of all, them, them sticking, sticking it out and beating Jacksonville. And being able to come back for what a fourth or fifth time in the last since they've only been a program for seven or eight years. I mean, it's just unbelievable what Dan Chimadi doing. They, they knock off Virginia. They can win big games. I think this is going to be a tough out for Penn as much as I think that Penn's the better, t- the better team. I, 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 I think this is going to be a tough out. I think, I think these guys can score. Um, we'll see how they do on face-offs. I'm curious about your, your opinion on the face-off matchup between Penn and Richmond. Um, And I think, and I think they'll have a smart game plan on as to how to defend these guys.
1: I agree with you a hundred percent. You know, um,
0: I think that, I
1: think this is a really tough draw for Penn. I agree. Uh, You know, because number one,
0: I don't love it. Kamadi and
1: those guys do, do a great job of identifying areas of opportunities to beat teams. That's number one. Number two, just the perception that Richmond isn't on the same level, you know, as some of these ACC Big 10 teams, I think is is gonna hurt Penn a little bit going into this game. You know, I think that Richmond has the advantage at the X. I think that Penn's defense, while they did a tremendous job stopping Brown and really putting the clamps down on Yale, I mean, Yale looked directionless yesterday at times
0: their defense played so well man
1: they played really really well um you've got to hand it to penn staff um with the game panel they have in place but this this richmond game there's 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 a few things that are going to make it challenging i don't know if they're going to have the same level of respect for richmond the way that they respected penn regardless of what the staff says uh the pressure is clearly on penn here as the three seed and ivy league champion uh you know richmond i think Gets looked past all the time. Let's not forget what they did to Virginia. Uh, you know, this, this is a this is a really tough game. You know, if I'm if I'm looking at this game, I, I probably would say Penn, you know, minus three and a half would be the line that I would look at it here. And and if that's the line, I think I would take Richmond in this game because if Richmond is able to win the faceoffs, you know, they're going to be deliberate on offense. They're going to slow it down. They're going to shrink the total number of possessions that each team gets. You know, they'll still push it when they have a man advantage in transition and four on threes and five on fours. They'll be you know a little less aggressive, but they'll kill you in man up if they get those opportunities. And this is uh, I think I think this is a really dangerous game.
0: Um, all right. Give me your opinions on the uh, on the Brown Virginia matchup.
1: You know, I think this is a tough game for Brown. Uh, you
0: know, I, I
1: love that it's in Providence. I do. Um, but I just, you know, if I'm looking at this game and I, I, I would think that certainly Virginia is going to be favored. There's no question about that. You know, Virginia was banged up. If, if they were playing this game two weeks ago and LaSalle was still banged up and Matt Moore coming off injury, but seemingly better, uh, they had some injuries. I just think that, you know, two and a half weeks for Lars Tiffany to get his team uh, refreshed and re-energized is is a is a problem for anyone. You know, they got a two-headed monster in Moore and Schellenberger. They got an they got some other guys that emerged over the course of the season. Certainly Cormier is always dangerous, but Xander Dixon has played like a, you know, a teamer. Uh, Griffin Schultz after a year it, it, at the end of the year now is, is seasoned and confident. Jeff Connor stepped up. They've got a lot of athleticism. They got a little length on defense. Brown has to win faceoffs, and and they got to go against Peter LaSalle who, you know, is arguably the best guy in the country. Certainly one of the top, you know, three to five guys. You know, Brown plays fast. They play with a lot of heart. They're opportunistic. I, I, I really want them to win, obviously, but they're going to be, I think, they're going to be overmatched on a on a player to player basis, and that concerns me if Brown tries to run on them, Brown, Brown's got to win faceoffs here. Otherwise it's a, it's a tall order to stop Virginia for anyone, Maryland, Georgetown, anyone. And Brown's got a good defense. They're very well coached. Their goalie's got to play well. Um, I think it's a tough draw
0: at eight. Yeah, no, I do. I agree with you. And I think, um, I think it's a tough draw for anybody to have to play Virginia. Yep. You know, Virginia, does has done this every single year with with Lars? They've been like, yeah, they're pretty good. They're all right. They're not great, whatever. And then next thing you know, you're like, wow, damn, these guys are really good. But so much of it is going to come down to. We talked about this last week about just how well are you playing, you know? If Virginia is playing really well, they're going to win, and they're going to give they could give Maryland a run. Um, one hundred percent. I mean, if they're one of the playing mid- great, I think they're going to beat Richmond, you know. But 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 if they're not, which is they they haven't. You know, and when teams aren't playing that well, and it could be a matchup oriented, it could be just the day of the week, who knows, but um, I think these teams, um, I, 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 you know, it, man, so much.
1: I, I think you have to have two or three different game plans in all areas. You know, offense, defense, rides, clears, man up, man down, because you know Lars is going to have a great game plan coming in right? Brown's feeling it. While they had a disappointing game this weekend, I still think they're on an upswing. Mike Daly's done a tremendous job. Uh, You know, I was happy for Connor Busick to get Ivy League coach of the year. He did a phenomenal job as well. And, and is an awesome coach and an awesome person, unbelievable player. You know, I still think Mike Daly deserved the award. I I do. Um, You know, but, but you give Lars Tiffany a week to prepare for anyone. And he's going to have an unbelievable game plan. He's also going to have, um, you know, a game plan for what he anticipates the adjustments will be. And then he'll have another one beyond that. And I think Coach Daly and those guys are going to need to do that as well. Um, And, uh, you know, again, I, I think if both teams play their best, hard to not say that you know, Virginia probably doesn't have the advantage there, just, just like you said about Penn. But but part of teams not playing well is when they face coaches that um, have watched a lot of film and, and know what their opportunities are and put a plan in place to, to force teams to not play well. And I think both Dan Shimadi and his staff at Richmond, as well as Lars Tiffany and his staff, um, you know, are, are going to have those plans for Penn and Brown respectively. But Obviously, I want Penn and Brown to win. I want the Ivy League teams to all win.
0: All right, let's talk a little bit about. Let's just talk about the uh, the Duke Notre Dame out Ohio State Harvard in before we get into those games. Sure. Uh, what's your What's your take? What What would you have done if you were on the committee? Well,
1: first and foremost, Duke doesn't deserve to be in the playoffs. Period. Right. You can't lose to three teams outside the top twenty in Syracuse, Jacksonville, Loyola. And expect to make the tournament. Sorry, but NFW. Yeah, right. So they're not even a, an issue for me. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Notre Dame, without a although, doubt,
0: although, although and, and, and this is not this is not to uh, discount what you said, because I agree with it. Uh, but I will say that they are a scary team and they looked good. And despite the fact that they ended up losing to Notre Dame, who I think is even more scary. I think that there's a lot of teams that would not want to see Duke. There's, I mean, I think there's a lot of teams that would not want to see
1: Duke. Well, no question about it. But, but, but it doesn't, mean they, probably,
0: be it. It doesn't mean they should be the it body of Duke work. In doesn't I mean,
1: have to play. Which Duke are we talking about? Are we talking about the shitty Duke team that got blown out by Jacksonville and lost to Syracuse and And like, like, is that the team or, or is it a team that blew out Virginia? You know, it's like, yeah, when, when Duke's got a lot of great players, they've been a a very good program. You know, one of arguably, you know, one of the top, you know, three, four programs in the the country over the last two decades. It doesn't change the fact that they lost to three teams that they had no business losing to. So regardless of, what their best effort looks like, they didn't have their best effort enough it's to true. even it's say true. anything. Exactly. Shut up and go home. They've benefited from you know this same dynamic for the last nineteen years.
0: Yeah, right. So just, this year I, they yeah. went a little too far. They lost one. Yeah. One, many. Listen, you don't lose those games. You want to make
1: the playoffs? Don't lose those games. Yeah. Right. Period. You know. Um, So I'm not even concerned about it. They got. Not, they need to shut up. So Notre for Dame. Notre Dame Listen, Notre Dame is different because Notre Dame, we all feel, is a team that is capable of beating Maryland, capable of winning it all. You know, the way they played coming back against Georgetown but losing. You know, the way they played on Saturday coming back against Duke and beating them the way that they did. You know, they they really seemed to figure out who they wanted to be and showed what they're capable of down the stretch – of the last six weeks or last six games. But with that said, they don't have any wins. The lady that, that you know, was in charge of the committee said it very clearly. They didn't have any wins. You know, they, their, their wins were Carolina and Duke. And neither of those teams are in the playoffs. And the one you're going to look at, the one that I was surprised that made it last night when I saw their name, but upon more time to reflect on it, to me, Harvard deserved to be in there based on the fact that they beat three tournament teams, two of which are seeded, right? And, and Brown and Princeton. And then they beat BU. And, you know, all you can do is, is, is play the teams on your schedule and win. And then what those teams do against the other teams on their schedule can help you or hurt you. And unfortunately for Notre Dame, where they beat, you know, two of the best programs that are there every year annually in Carolina and Duke. Carolina and Duke had bad years for their programs. And unfortunately, that's what did Notre Dame in. Notre Dame can't control that that you know Harvard beat Penn and or beat Princeton and, and, and beat Brown and beat BU. Like they they can't control that. But um Again, I, the, the sad part for this is the players and the people that love Notre Dame know they have a team that's capable of winning the national championship and they haven't won a national championship. You're there. Like that sucks. Yeah. You know, I get that. But my senior year, we're ranked number seventh in the country and we're 10 and three, and teams that we beat went and we didn't. And for once, The ACC teams and the Big Ten teams, although three Big Ten teams made it, you know, for once, what screwed the Ivy League the last twenty-five years helped the Ivy League this year, right? There's no pod. I'm not. I don't. I don't feel any remorse. Like I, I sent Jerry Byrne a text this morning, saying, "Good luck. I hope you guys win. Win it and shut everybody up," because I, I, I think with three tournament. Team wins versus Notre Dame's body of work. You know, I, 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 I don't think Harvard should apologize for getting into the tournament here at the expense of Notre Dame. I don't. The only thing I don't like about it is that Notre Dame is one of the best teams in the country, potentially a top five team, definitely a top eight team, and they're not in the tournament. And they're one of the few teams that matches up, you know, back to front with Notre Dame, I mean with Maryland and, and could beat them. And for that, it sucks because I really believe that they were capable of getting to the final four. And, uh, you know, that, that sucks. But, but with the way that it was um, decided, I, th- I think it's right, I do. I know I'm in a minority, but, but that's the way I feel.
0: Yeah, well, I think traditionally um, I have always believed that big wins and bad losses should be the, the, the most important criteria. Yes. And so therefore, it's like RPI matters. You can't have a terrible RPI. You can't have a terrible schedule and all that. But at the end of the day. It's your body of work with big losses. I mean, big wins and, and not having bad losses that matters most. And that's, that's what got Harvard in. That's what kept Notre Dame out. That's what kept Duke out. I mean, if Duke doesn't, if Duke doesn't lose those games, they're both in. Notre Dame would be in too.
1: hundred percent, Jamie. But, but look, okay, why was the Ivy League RPI so high and they said it? Because Princeton beat Georgetown head-to-head and they beat Rutgers head-to-head.
0: Right? right. And also Notre, Notre Dame reason, lost to George. the reason why. Because Princeton's schedule, all of the teams on their schedule also had really high um, uh, winning percentages. And and a huge part of your 50% of the RPI is your opponent's winning percentage. And they just happen to have like all of their teams had better winning percentages than normal. Same with Penn. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, and and
1: but 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 usually in years past. It's the been the other teams yeah, I have won- I I think Big wins
0: and bad losses is the way it always should be. And I think that sure. you know, it's very disappointing for those teams oh. and those players. Hey, my daughter plays for Arizona State. They had a top 10 win, a top 20 win, no bad losses. And there's teams that got into the women's tournament with zero top 20 wins. Three well, teams. maybe the
1: maybe the people that used to be on the committee in the 90s decided to run that, run that. Um, on yeah. the women's side because it used to happen all the time. And, and, and the difference this year, where in years past it hasn't been, is that the, the Ivy League teams beat the high-end teams that they traditionally have lost to in March. You know, and, and those victories are why the league did so well, like it or not. You know, The Ivy League this year was what the ACC has been seemingly every year
0: for the last 25 years. All right, so what do you think about this Harvard Rutgers matchup? I hear it's not going to be played in the stadium on turf. It's going to be played on grass because there's a graduation going on. And um, it looks like it's going to be a rainy weekend. So, what are your thoughts on this uh, Harvard versus Rutgers matchup? Well, I I think number one, all the pressure's on Rutgers. Uh,
1: You know, Harvard's got nothing to lose. They're being looked at as the team that shouldn't be in the playoffs, which I think is unfair. Um, You know, obviously, Harvard is uh, has really changed in the last three years, you know, that this is a team that beating Princeton losing to Yale in overtime. I mean, this is a a very scary team. I mean, uh, they can beat anybody. I don't know if they can beat Maryland and Georgetown, but I think they can beat about anybody else Um, in the end. I know people are going to say they think Harvard is going to win this game. I actually think that Rutgers is going to win this game. And here's why, because I think Rutgers is rolling out a veteran older roster. They got a bunch of guys that are, you know, 22, 23, that are men. And I think, uh, Harvard's success has been due to, uh, great play from younger players on their roster and i'm not so sure that uh, a younger roster comprised of a lot of really talented but still freshmen are going to be able to um you know beat a team that's been in the top five all season long that are men that are are guys that are seniors and grad students and i just feel like the age the experience the maturity of Rutgers, along with the fact that they lost in the quarters last year, is simply going to be too much for Rutgers. I think Rutgers face-off guys are are average, but I think that Harvard's are average, and I just feel that um, I, I just feel for four quarters. I mean, Harvard Harvard might be able to play with them for a couple of quarters. And don't get me wrong, I'm rooting for Harvard. I want them to win. I just think that. You're looking at a team that has a lot of youth on their roster and hasn't been to the tournament playing against the team that's that's been there for the last, you know, three, four years. And I, I think it's a I think it's a tall ask for this Harvard team um, that's ecstatic that they made it into the tournament. And, and, I, and they could win. They could. But I just feel like, um, you know, they're getting a really seasoned Rutgers team. And I just I see that as a, a tough, a tough ask.
0: Um, the Harvard goalie got hurt against Yale. Do we know if that was a season ender or if that was just sort of uh, out for the game?
1: I don't know. I know Christian That's Barnard, it. their backup, is a
0: very good player. Is he? Yeah. He played well in the end of that game too. Yeah. Uh, but I did. felt like the goalie uh, the goalie play at Harvard throughout the season has been a difference maker. And in, in, in a game where you've got, you know, kind of an even at the at the face-off X, um, you, you know, Harvard can definitely score. Harvard can play D, um, obviously. Rutgers is is like you said, uh, more seasoned, very athletic, plays fast. Y- you you kind of feel like there's going to be a lot of offense. So sometimes the a goalies a lot go. of offense. Yeah,
1: this could be like twenty to eighteen,
0: <laughs> like the uh, Brown Harvard game from uh, ni- nineteen ninety.
1: Yeah, exactly. Played at night.
0: Yeah,
1: Mike Murphy was covering me. I remember that big Mike Murphy. Remember him? STX Mike Murphy.
0: <laughs> was it, t- it was twenty nineteen? Was the final? That was the first year when they, when it was, they I think that game
1: was 21-18. 2118.
0: 2118. That was the very first year of, of not having five poles. Interesting. I was, so, I was so pissed. I graduated the year when there was five poles, and then everybody else got to play with like four. Ah, uh, okay. I
1: remember that. I remember
0: it. Harvard was great. Great team. The last time Harvard went to the tournament was 1996. Really? I think so. Mike Eckert. Remember yeah, I remember Mike
1: Eckert. He, just me. he was good.
0: Yeah. Was Cavuti on that team, or was he out of there by then?
1: Kabuti well, was out of there. He well, graduated. Ferrucci
0: was probably on that
1: team. Kabuti graduated in 91.
0: What about Ferrucci?
1: Ferrucci was on that. Uh, was Yeah, Ferrucci, Ferrucci, I think, was, was on that team. Ferrucci was. He was great.
0: Ferrucci yeah, had some, they had some uh, horses. They did. Um, all right. Princeton, Boston University rematch. Can you yeah. pull off an, an upset? Princeton's been off. They've been rested. Obviously. um they're formidable, but so is Boston University. What are your thoughts? And did you watch any of the BU Army game this weekend?
1: I watched a lot of. I, I watched Penn Yale, but when commercials happened or halftime that and that, I, I'd flip over and I watched BU Army. That Brendan Neck, Nick Turn is a stud. He's great. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm disappointed that Army wasn't in the tournament. I don't think they deserve to be, but I'm disappointed they they aren't. I, I was. Um, you know, I, I like their team. I think they play hard. I think they got some great players. I love Joe Abarici. Um, you know, but this BU team is legit. You know, they, they got a great faceoff guy, although he got beat up on Saturday by the Army guy, Colucci. Um, you know, obviously BU has a scary offense. I think they got a good goalie. They, they're very well coached. Um, you know, are they, are they going to have enough versus Princeton? I mean, they played Princeton pretty well. You know, they I think they were down eight five and a half when they played three weeks ago, or whatever that was. Um, you know, they ended up losing by five. Did a pretty good job of holding a, an explosive Princeton offense to only twelve goals. Yeah, I'm. You know, if Connor Calverone can can dominate the face offs and 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 they get the first opportunity on offense after either team scores a goal to me, they, that has to happen for them to have a chance. If, if Princeton and Sandoval end up winning the ground ball battle in the middle of the field, I just don't think BU is going to be able to stop Princeton offensively if Princeton has the ball enough. So I really, you know, I'm, I think Princeton's going to win the game a hundred percent, but I, I, I do think that BU comes in sky high and excited, but I do think as well that Princeton, not making the Ivy league tournament and having two weeks here to rest and, and, and prepare, um, I, I'm sure going to win the game. I think so too. All yep.
0: right. So Yale hosting St. Joe's St. Joe's um, really has put together a heck of a season, gave Penn everything they could, they could handle. Um, can they can they uh, duplicate that effort and be in this game late like they were against and, and potentially beat? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I, I don't think there's any doubt. I think so. They can win. Face- very similar to very similar to Penn Richmond is Yale Saint Joe's. You know, Saint Joe's has the best faceoff guy in the country in Zach Cole. They got a great offense. They got some dangerous pieces offensively. They're connected. They've been there before. They cruised through. Uh, you know, their, their tournament. uh, They know they had Penn dead in the water. I think they were up by five goals on Penn going into the fourth quarter. And, and, you know, to Penn's credit, they came back and and were able to win. But this is a team that's coming into this game. They're going to get a possession advantage at the X. The more goals that are scored, the more that advantage is accentuated this is not a team that's going to be wide-eyed seeing the way that Penn blew out Yale in the Ivy Championship is going to uh, facilitate a ton of belief in this locker room that they are more than capable of going up to Yale and beating them this is a real scary team
0: look at the scoring man you've got 59, 57, 56, 51. They got four guys with 50 plus points. Now, granted, they're not playing necessarily the same level of competition, but that's a lot of points. I mean, it's a
1: lot of points. And and look, you know, you got you got two Canucks on their team, and you got an unbelievable faceoff guy. You know, you just you just feel like St. Joe's is going to get to to 12 goals. You know, is St. Joe's gonna be able to stop Yale? Yeah.
0: Well, so here's a great question about that. Sure. Because Yale lost early to Penn State and Penn State played zone and they struggled mightily with the zone Yale did. And, and, yep. um, and, and St. Joe's uh, plays a fair amount of zone, So you can yep. count on that happening. Obviously it's not going to be a surprise to Andy Shea and he'll have him prepared, yep.
1: but. And Yale has the, Yale has the guys to, 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 beat can,
0: from outside shoot it. No doubt. Yep. But it is, it is um, you know, it is, it is what's going to happen and it's going to be interesting to see. And sometimes, as you know, zone can just be mental sometimes, you know, and, and the heart of the coaches you know, try to come up with a smart plan. It's almost like the more it boxes you in on zone offense, which is why I think zones work so well because people start running these zone offenses that they feel are going to be like, well, we'll, we'll just do this and we'll get looks. And then all of a sudden you're not doing much and it's relatively easy to guard. And, and, and the,
1: and the, and the problems compound themselves if the goaltender's seeing the ball making saves. I think another thing that, that, you know, has to be addressed in this game is Yale's very young on offense. You know, with with three or four freshmen, uh, Matt Brandow obviously is a seasoned veteran, but it's really tough as a freshman in college to play against man-to-man defenses all year long, and then all of a sudden you get thrown into a team that plays zone and is great at playing zone. You know, I remember when we obviously played Penn when you were a senior, and we were able to beat them 8-6, and we were about as patient as we could be. And we only put up eight goals, yep. and this is a team that is used to putting up fifteen plus goals on teams, and they're coming off a a really disappointing effort against Penn in the Ivy League championship.
0: And by the way, some of Smitty's shots are actually still rolling to this day.
1: Yeah, I, I know, but but this is a Yale team. I've never seen Yale look directionless and and clueless. And they looked that way versus Penn, um, you know, in the second half. They, they looked like they, they didn't know what they were trying to get. Just super uncomfortable. And the credit goes to Penn for creating that situation for the Yale offense. But zone defenses do that to freshmen as well. And, and I could see this being a very scary game for Yale. Um, and, and the fact that Zach Cole, he's going to have his hands full. This kid Ramsey's a stud. I mean, he, he, he did a great job facing off against Penas today. He did, uh, um, what was the
0: final stat on that game
1: at the X? Yeah. I don't, I don't know, but it seemed like Ramsey was controlling. I don't know. 75% he controlled. I don't think he, he certainly didn't get that. Um, so they had Ramsey under 50 percent now I think that was more reflective of Penn's wings because Ramsey seemed to dominate the move but Penn's wings seemed to dominate Penn, Penn just played a lot faster
0: you know they were just yeah. and that, that yeah. could also played fast on defense that one was really interesting I mean they 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 played almost like a, a quicker slide and recovery defense than we've been seeing out of a lot of division one defenses that are kind of being slow to go. And I think Yale's kind of built to be able to beat you and shoot on the run. I do think they're a great ball movement team, but man, Penn was sliding to them so quickly and recovering so quickly. And then Brando didn't get the ball that much until towards the end. And um, it, you know, Yale
1: seemed slow. You know, they, they didn't seem like there was a lot of urgency. It just seemed like Penn was, wanted it a lot more that's what it seemed like penn wanted it more and and let's not forget birkinshaw played great yeah. and i don't think the Yale goalie played well i what was go to go to the goalies you know it seemed like like eight shots in a row went in on the Yale goalie and birkinshaw was making great stops. birkinshaw was 16 saves lets up nine goals 64 percent and yeah Paquette, 41 percent that's what it looked like yeah. you know it's really what it looked like birkinshaw was you know, Sam Hanley was the MVP, but Birkinshaw was right Penn there and also
0: shot the shit out of it, man. They really shot. They did. it did. That's that's going to make a difference at, at any time. You just got to shoot well. and they're a good it, shooting team, I think. But,
1: seemed, but it seemed also seemed like Penn was shooting low a lot, and 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 Paquette was not getting down to those shots, and it seemed like Yale was shooting high a lot, and Birkinshaw was getting a piece or getting a clean save. Um. You know, I I, uh, I, I don't know. Does Yale have a goalie issue? We talked about that a few weeks ago. Do they have a goal issue? They might.
0: Fact is, I think Yale can play at the highest level, but they've also proven to be a little inconsistent. So I agree.
1: Think- That's right. I, I listen, I, I would like almost never bet against Yale. Yeah. Like I, I, I couldn't be more confident yeah. in Yale against anyone but they looked terrible yesterday. I just, I I almost have never seen that kind of performance from them. I was so shocked by it. Um, And this St. Joe's team is really good. I mean, they are legit and and Yale's gonna have their hands full.
0: All right, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the play-in games. So uh, starting with Vermont and Manhattan. Yeah.
1: I'm happy for Fife's and happy for Kelleher, both of those guys.
0: Such good guys, man. Especially, Let me just tell you something, like uh, taking the Manhattan job. So Drew Kelleher, something like 10 years ago, was the assistant at BU and then took that Manhattan job and has hung in there through literally one of the most difficult building processes ever. That place was not funded. I mean, they didn't even have a field. Do you remember the stories that Timmy Mack used to tell? about how, Like he'd be out at practice and there'd be like a dude like – in the park, grilling, g- grilling rabbits that like next to the field on a regular <laughs> basis. I mean, that like literally these stories were insane. And, um, and he has, he has hung in there, built a program. And as he put it, he made it cool to, uh, go to Manhattan and work hard and they won a championship and are going to their first tournament. And like you said, uh, Chris is one of the best guys in the game, it's his second appearance, right. Or third, second,
1: Second. I think, Um,
0: And um, again, just uh, incredible staff. Great guys. Uh, What are your thoughts on this game? I haven't watched Manhattan play and I've watched a little bit of Vermont. I think they look pretty. um,
1: Yeah. I haven't seen Manhattan play at all. I thought that this was an interesting game from the viewpoint that you get two of the best goalies in the country. And it was a really low scoring eight, seven game in that St. Bonnie Manhattan game. I'm really happy for, for Drew Kelleher, for the same reasons. You know, he's, he's a guy that I, I, Used to know pretty well when I was coaching up at Dartmouth. Uh, he used to come work our camp and, and is a great dude. Uh, and Fife's again, awesome guy as well. And he's done – he really has done an incredible job. Uh, you know, this was no gray area. I mean, Vermont smashed everybody the whole year. And they are, without a doubt, the best team in the Am East. And I think that Vermont is going to beat Manhattan handily – and I think that, uh, you know, Vermont will go into the game versus Maryland with nothing to lose, but they got a great goalie. They got a great face-off guy. They got a dangerous offense uh, and they're feeling it with zero pressure. I mean, I, you know, I don't think they're going to beat Maryland, but I think they're going to beat Manhattan handily. And uh, and let's face it, you know, like you said, for Drew Kelleher, um, who has very little support at Manhattan, to win that league and to go to the tournament is like winning the national championship. It's, it's incredible for him. And anything is gravy at this point, but, but they're going to have, the Vermont's going to be too much for them. And then, uh, you know, Vermont, I think will go in versus Maryland. And I think they'll play them well for a half. Um, but I think Maryland's going to pull away. Maryland is, is so complete and so dangerous but it's going to be an interesting matchup. I mean, that Mar- that Vermont face-off guy with Maryland, I, I I don't mean to totally discount Manhattan, but I just don't think there's a chance of them beating Vermont. I, Vermont has got special players across the board. And, and really at the X, this kid is a stud. And um, and their goalie is really good too. So I, this is a, it's a complete team.
0: Um, all right, so let's go to the other uh, side of the bracket, the playing game between Delaware and Bobby Moe. How about the uh... – the matchup of Robert Morris in Utah facing their old head coach and coming coming, coming out with a one-goal win, huge. Had to be
1: satisfying for the kids in that team. Oh, you. Uh, you know, McMinn is an awesome coach. You know, he did such a great job at Robert Morris and earned the opportunity to go to Utah and had a fantastic year at Utah. You know, it's, it's a shame for him that they weren't able to finish it off and secure the bid to go to the NCAA Tournament. Um, but you got to be really happy for the kids at Robert Morris. And, and I'm sure there's a part of Coach McMinn that, that is really, really happy for the, for the Romo kids too, even though it was at his expense. Um, this is going to be a closer game. I, I love the way Romo played. I remember watching the Romo-Duke game in the beginning of the year thinking, even though Duke got up, you know, something like 8-1, um, Romo played them really well you know, for the last three quarters of that game. And I like the way they play, you know, they, they push tempo, they push advantage and they've got, you know, some goal scorers and, and they're, they're a difficult team to play and they're a difficult team to prepare for, um, you know, but Delaware also has a lot of talent and they're going to put up some goals. Um, I, I, I'm not, I mean, if I had to bet, I, I would probably bet that Delaware wins the game. But if Robert Morris wins this, it will not surprise me at all. I mean, they they are coming in as the underdog. They're coming in um, with really nothing to lose. And that's when teams are really scary because they got some guys that um, are going to throw up some goals on you. They got, you know, some Canadians up front that don't give a shit who they're playing. And that makes them scary.
0: Yeah, four of their top five guys are Canadian. Haggard
1: Clark, that's Glenn Clark's kid. Stud Coach Clark. Of the albany firewolves he's one of the best guys in uh, in the sport and box lacrosse do you know glenn clark
0: uh i do not
1: uh, he's an awesome guy and that's his son
0: and then as far as uh, as far as delaware goes you know they've they've been just quietly building um and uh it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see
1: they they H2. too I mean they, they, too, have their Canucks up front and, and are are super dangerous offensively. And, um, you know, they've kind of been like, you know, a team that you're like, wow, this team's really scary. And then they have some disappointing losses and then they come back and, and they're really scary. It's kind of like my golf game. It's like, you know, four, nine, four, nine, four, nine, HCP, HCP. You know those acronyms. We won't let the fans in on it. <laughs>
0: Um, All right. So then the winner of this game faces the the Georgetown Hoyas. I was at their, uh, their game on, on Saturday um, home against Villanova. Kind of a weird game. They just always jumped out to an eight to one lead. It was the second time playing them in a week, and then uh, ended up being a little bit closer, maybe than the than the score indicates. I turned
1: it off when when Georgetown was blowing them out. How did Marquette get back in the game? I saw Georgetown ultimately won 14-12, right by two goals.
0: oh uh, yeah, they just won, started winning faceoffs, and you know they scored I think three goals in the last you know two minutes or something.
1: So so the the, the final score was, it was a probably week, more season. like I did I believe- see that. I did see that James Riley, Riley got beat up statistically for the, maybe the first time all year, right?
0: Yeah, he seemed to struggle a little bit, but that kid's good, man. That kid's like ten. That league. kid's
1: very good. He's very good. Is James Riley healthy?
0: I think so. Yeah,
1: Georgetown's going to roll. I got Georgetown going to the final game.
0: All right, Oxy at time, player of the week to end the regular season. Who do you got, AT?
1: Easy, Sam Hamley Penn. Total bust, total stud. I mean, like uh, that was, it's, he was incredible and uh, really stuck at my ass after me saying that Brandow should have been the Ivy League player of the year. Um, I'm sure that was not his motivation, but he left no gray area as to who the best player was in the Ivy League tournament this weekend. And to me, he probably locked up midfielder of the year.
0: Yeah. I don't disagree. Uh, I'm going with Jake Taylor, six goals in yeah, the I saw Notre that. A win against Duke. I mean, man, this guy didn't even play in the first, you know, I don't know, five or six games of the season.
1: That's, you know, that, that it's a great pick. and And that's, that's part of what this shame is because, you know, Notre Dame starts their season two and four and they kind of didn't know who they were yet. And by the time they figured it out, they went on their run. And it was like sort of one game short, you know, which is just, it, it, it's too bad. You know, you, you want the best teams playing. Notre Dame is one of the best teams. Um, but it's your total body work, unfortunately.
0: And um, it wasn't enough. All right. So um, let's just uh, finish this podcast off with, with uh, picks, shall we? Well, Cornell, Ohio
1: State, we didn't look at.
0: Oh, yeah. Cornell, Ohio State. Forgot. Go.
1: <sighs> scary team uh you know i loved the way that cornell's attack plays i think it's going to be a really interesting battle at the x between anasio and, and patrakis
0: what's up with patrakis it seems like he's been very up and down i mean like yeah i mean i, I think hammered and- i think right
1: when you count him out he pounds the guy he's going against and right when you expect him to be great he gets beat up um You know, I I honestly think that Cornell is going to win the game. Um, You know, I have a ton of respect for Nick Myers and and that staff and those players and how professional they are and, and how well they prepare. And they're such a good team and they deserve to be in this playoff. I'm really glad that they made it. But I just think that defensively, they're going to struggle with Cornell. I think Cornell's defense is going to do a better job of covering Ohio State's offense than Ohio State's defense will do playing Cornell's offense I got Cornell in this game
0: all right so going through all of it then you got Cornell over Ohio State you've got Virginia over Brown you already said that right
1: I got Virginia over Brown I I, I really obviously I want all the Ivy League teams to win but I I just feel that like Virginia is, is going to be a tough matchup for Brown in the first game
0: you got Vermont over Manhattan and then losing to Maryland yep you got Delaware over Bobby Moore, Bobby Moe, and then lose to Georgetown. Yep. You got Princeton over Boston? Yep. Yale over St. Joe's, or are you going to pick an upset? No, I got
1: Yale over St. Joe's, but I think it's going to be a like a two-goal game. I think it's going to be close.
0: Okay. How about Rutgers?
1: Could be could be close. Could be close. Like if, if St. Joe's wins, I won't, it won't shock me that much. Yeah. But if I'm betting, I'm betting on Yale. Yep. And I want Yale. Rutgers, Harvard. I got Rutgers, but I want Harvard.
0: And then Penn Richmond.
1: I want Penn and I got Penn.
0: All right. Well, it's exciting, man. I'll be at the uh, last game on Sunday night to watch the winner of that uh, Bobby Mo Delaware game versus Georgetown. Be watching all the way through and good. Uh, fired up to. Uh, yeah. Good, good
1: luck to Colin and, uh, and the Hoyas. My boy Jack Roulette is coaching there, obviously. Yep. And um, I'm hoping to pick off a couple of his players in the upcoming PLL draft. And, uh, you know, we will connect next Monday to see how we did and, and, and look forward to the quarters. I mean, this is the best time of the year for, for college cross fans without a doubt.
0: So great. All right, man. Take care, A.T.
1: See you, brother. Bye.